0: Hello and welcome to the Ram Gad Pod. I am your host, Jason Economu, Government Affairs Director for the Realtors Association of Maui, and this is my podcast. Today's interview is with Claire Kamalu Carroll. Claire is a candidate for the East Maui seat on the Maui County Council. She is running against Shane Sinensi, who is the current incumbent. Claire's name might sound familiar because she ran against Shane Sinensi back in 2018 and she lost by a fairly narrow margin. And also, her father, Bob Carroll, held the East Maui seat for the Maui County Council for a very long time. And she's just been super involved in the Maui community and, in particular, the Hana community for a long time now. So, that's how you might know her, and hopefully through this podcast, you'll get to know her a little more. She is running for county council again this go-around. She is uh, my personal preferred candidate because Shane Senensi is just one of those guys that decided he does not like Ram, and he refused to meet with us face-to-face. He was kind enough to let us meet with his staff, and his staff, uh, in particular Gina Flammer, is very impressive. They're very bright and uh, thoughtful people however when a candidate refuses to meet with me because they just decide that they don't like realtors or i don't know for some reason i don't know what the reason is he never told me Um, somebody on his staff mentioned to me that it might be the injection well thing that he doesn't like us because of that but that is besides the point when a candidate or i should say an office holder when a county council member refuses to meet with me because of something i said they are essentially cutting out a big chunk of their constituents and maui county needs representatives that will represent everybody whether they agree with you or not we need representatives that'll meet and talk to everybody and learn about their problems whether you agree with them or not and that is not what we have in east maui right now Uh, that's not what we have on molokai right now either if we're being completely honest but we can have that and I think Claire Carroll is one of those those folks that uh, if she gets in office she will meet with people she will talk to people you might not agree with everything she says but golly she is genuine you know she is a really genuine human being and she talks to people with with real concern she wants to know what's on people's minds and I love that so that's why claire carroll has my personal support um we're not going to talk about who ram is supporting in the elections just yet but uh yeah listen to this interview learn about claire i think you'll like what you're gonna hear i liked what i heard it's this is one of my shorter interviews only an hour and 15 minutes so something to look forward to and i'll just i'll let you get to it i'll let you get to it i won't give too much uh lead time i really like claire carroll she's got a lot of aloha she's a cool person I want to hang out with her, and she's got my vote. Um, you guys feel free to email me. Let me know what you think. I'm I'm happy to talk about this sort of stuff. As far as updates go, hmm, what do I have for you? Oh, pay your dues. It is dues time again. Uh, right now, Amy is the interim chief staff executive, and she is very concerned because she did not realize that realtors tend to wait to the last minute to pay their dues. So I know you guys have until the end of the month to pay your dues, but, but do us all a favor, help reduce our stress levels. Go online, pay your dues. Now pay your dues early and uh, we'll all be happier for it. What else do I have Register to vote? Please make sure you are registered to vote and uh, go ahead and make a donation to the food bank or something food bank habitat for humanity, really any organization that you are inclined to donate to. Please donate and vote. That's it. All right. Now I will let you all get to the interview with Claire Carroll. Enjoy. Hi Claire, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. I'm Claire Kamalu Carroll. I live in Hana and I'm running for Maui County Council East Maui District. I'm a mother of three. I have six grandchildren, beautiful grandchildren. Uh, born and raised and my mom's the HANA girl and my dad was the formal council member for Maui County.
0: Very like cool. to fish
1: and yeah. Did you want to know some of our activities? No. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, you know no. what? Like tell me tell me about <laughs> what you like. What, what what are your activities? What do you like to do with your free time?
1: Oh, my free time is spending time with my grandchildren. Um, A lot of free time that I've been having due to that, I'm part of that uh, community who is not, I don't have a job right now. But I consider my job is coming from my heart with payment. So I do a lot of distributions. I've been food distributing. Yesterday, my whole day was filled with uh, kupuna shopping. It's kupuna care. So it's it's a volunteer thing, you know, it, it's non pain <laughs> with the gratification that you're helping someone. But I do kupuna essentials such as shopping and medication pickups. Pretty simple. You know, there's so much seniors all around Maui County that need help. And there's a few of us with this organization. Like I said, it's pure volunteer work to do the essential shopping for our seniors so they can stay safe at home.
0: Now, you mentioned that your dad was Bob Carroll, uh, who was the the county council member for East Maui. Prior to Shane Senesi, he was a county council member for a long time, right? How long was your dad a county council member?
1: <laughs> Over a period, like close to twenty years, because he served for uh, he he retired on his first first roundabout, and I believe Bill Maderis went in and then my father came back for the remaining he could have still ran for one more year but you know he's really worked hard for the community and it was about time he he wanted to start enjoying his personal time um with family and he also has been raising some fishes (laughs) throughout when i was growing up you come by we have like you know 20 tanks of different sorts of tropical fishes so he's really enjoying his retirement yeah
0: that's a wild hobby. I, I don't know anyway that collects tropical fish.
1: It's a pretty tough job. I had to keep track of them while he was still working. I moved home to Hana in 2015. I was out here working. <clears throat> and, you know, he's like, can you watch my children?
0: <laughs>
1: so and I didn't it- know how much it, work it was. Like, seriously. It was a lot. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> I bet. So, so was it your dad's um, civil service working, you know, as a county council member, or, or was community service always kind of a part of your family dynamic?
1: It was part of our dynamic. We've actually been doing community service since. I can't even remember when we started community service. You know, he's been involved with community work day, and growing up you know like a little kid is like what are we doing today it's like we're gonna go pick up trash along the side of the highway and you know that always instilled in myself and i'm sure my other i have one brother but community service has always been a part i wasn't very vocal about it you know it was just a way of life so it has been part of our lives
0: Now, when did you get interested in politics and running for office?
1: That's a really good question. (laughs) I actually got, (laughs) before this, I wasn't, I just wanted to go to work, put food on the table, pay my bills and just have this happy life. But there was one thing when I moved back in 2015, there was a community meeting, which I attended. And to hear the issues, and I guess I grew a little older, to be wanting to be part of the community and making a difference for positive. Another one that really touched me was the housing.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, we, in October 2017, the, my Bob, I'll just call him Bob. <laughs> there was a, he was the head of the land use committee and that's when that project came up about um doing a subdivision
2: yeah
1: right and it's in the same neighborhood as us so you know it was important because i got lucky i built my house in 1997 but it's a very generational town and multiple families in and i heard the negative of you know you guys can't do it and we don't need that and that, that just lit a fire. There's so much people I know who would love to have their own home and start their own family. And they're stuck because there's nothing they can afford. And this project especially was something very affordable. I've told, I've told the younger ones, I still want to call them kids, but they're young adults. <laughs> but I tell them, I said, you know, I was 27 years old. When I built my home, I had nightmares. Mm. I thought I was going to lose the home before I even got to sleep in it. I said, it's scary. It's a big sacrifice. But with the price, you guys can't do it. I mean, the encouragement, you know, they need it.
2: Mm.
1: We don't want to discourage. It, it's, our, it's our community that needs homes. I mean, we have like up to four or five families in one home. Yeah. But it's a cultural. You don't just like, well, this is my home. Bye-bye. I, I would <laughs> like to it, taking care of each other.
0: I, I'd like to ask about that. The you mentioned the cultural aspect of of sharing homes, and, and I, I definitely see that in a lot of um, I mean, native Hawaiian communities, but but really the Pacific Islanders uh, often that's a common practice amongst Pacific Islander communities, uh, home sharing. but another part of the culture that I want to talk about is East Maui often gets this reputation as being against anything new or, or anybody from the outside coming in and doing business or moving there. Uh, and it is oftentimes people in East Maui that are advocating against projects to build housing in East Maui. So how do you balance that, that need for housing with the, um, the sh- I don't know if it's a strong, but a vocal desire to, to keep any new development out?
1: Yeah, when it comes to housing, uh, if you look at the records, there was no negative feedback except back in by then it was 2018 saying it was a cult, there was a cultural site there mm. the thing with that it was our backyard it was my grandmother's place and i know all the residents there there was no absolutely no negative testimony for this project mm. so it actually outweighed groups or individuals who did not want for these, this housing to happen. Yeah. Every, every council meeting we went to, it was a very good, positive focal from residents. And I testified myself because it was land that I knew of, you know, if, if the same thing happened in Lahaina or Kihei, maybe it would have been another story. But with this housing project, even though there was some negative talk, should we say, (laughs) I made sure I stood up because there are people who need homes. And it's not fair for some people to have homes and say, we don't need a home. So it was a very, very positive thing for the residents. And Habitat took on the whole lot, which is kind of still in process there is some guidelines that they're still work, working on. But Habitat decided to um, take on the whole property, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm super happy. But I'm still following through with it. You know, it's work in progress because you, you get into these monkey wrenches of laws changing, guidelines. And there's nothing better to actually help in the process in anything you can do I mean, if it takes a number of us to go please like help us what can we do because I really wanted to see this project come through you know but now, overall it was a very positive it, I say don't listen to them we're not like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> does it what what is your this is going to be a weird question I guess but sure how do you think the, the rest of the Maui community perceives the East Maui community? And do you think that perception is accurate?
1: Yes. So what I let people know is many of us are not like that. We have embraced people who moved in. And sometimes it's like, what's good for me is not good for you. Hana is the heart of Hawaii. We like people to respect the culture, and we've seen a lot of that in the media. But overall, Hana, you know, Hana's not, not that aggressive if you come to the highway, that there'll be people blocking you off. The road is open, and I'm not encouraging people to come into Hana because we are COVID-free. In fact, a good good couple of days... <laughs> I, don't judge all of us from the negativity that you hear.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I've you, never yeah, had a, a negative experience. You know, going to and from Hana or going through Hana, so I I know it's there. I I wasn't really necessarily concerned with with the perception that it's like closed off and Mad Max style and nobody else is allowed over there because I think that was that was there for a minute. People certainly have that idea, but those people are wrong. uh That's that's not really how it is at all, but there's oftentimes this perception that Hana is somehow different from the rest of the Maui community. And I even heard rumors that there was like a petition going around, you know, for, for people to sign to make Hana its own County instead of part of Maui County. And
1: i did not hear that one yeah,
0: <laughs> it was just a rumor it was, it was I, I hear think they're all sorts sending of it rumors. To
1: people on the other side of the island like petition but yeah or but maybe don't, i'm don't, not in that circle you know i
0: don't think it's but, it's fair for me to try and get you to 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 answer uh for what people's perceptions might be but but let's i i want to learn more about you i want to get to know you a little bit more 2015 is when you got interested in politics, but what were you doing before then? What what were you into and, and how does that equip you for this new life task of, of helping the community through political action?
1: Sure. You know, I was actually studying the issues uh, of what was going on in Maui County. So I actually prepped myself probably 2016. I started learning two sides of the story, being open-minded. It was It was a whole eye-opening experience for me, which I developed into this sponge. Yeah, listen, listen to the council meetings and see both sides and meet with people. You know what did they do? Especially developers. It was you know we had the sand, the sand mine. Um, Mm. Yeah, and it was about meeting with two sides and having that conversation where you, you got more into depth instead of just like, well, we shouldn't do that, or that's not nice. <laughs> it was actually, it was a whole investigation for me. And it was funny, is what you heard sometimes it, what was not the actual incident, if you know what I mean. But it was studying like more on the culture. I'm half Hawaiian. But I always tell people, you know, I'm only half Hawaiian. (laughs) I don't, I don't speak Hawaiian. You know, I got, I got a heavy pigeon accent, which I used to be ashamed of, but no longer. But I'll try to speak English.
0: You, you know, I, I have completely changed my mind about Pigeon. I, I, gotta, I will admit, I will confess that I was a little bit judgy about Pigeon. Like, I had been an English teacher. So I had this, this notion in my mind like, oh, you need to speak proper English. This way you can, you know, let people know that you're serious and professional. And honestly, it was Lynn DeCoy that that changed my mind because i had I'd already respected her and then i i got to sit and meet with her in person and we we had a conversation and i realized this is a very intelligent capable human being um who i underestimated because she speaks pigeon and that was so foolish on my part and so unfair that that it completely changed my mind and i realized that no pigeon is completely legitimate. You know, it's it's just a different expression of English. It's not, you know, what you might consider standard English. But no, be proud of pidgin. It is a language. It's a real language that is very effective. And in a lot of ways, um, far more efficient than than standard English.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it is the secondary, official secondary language of Hawaii. Ben Kayatano made that possible. And it's been hard. In, in Hana, there's like the pidgin accent is like, all there i do better mm. when i'm around people who speaking you know proper english but you wouldn't have liked me as a student oh. <laughs> you would have been correcting me all day long
0: you probably would have hated me as a teacher <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I'm gonna say the same thing i said 30 years ago hey it's not my fault <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but, so yeah. of, of the issues you know it, you became a sponge in twenty sixteen. You absorbed the issues. How does how does that preparation um suit you now? You know, like has, has the preparation or, or have the issues changed drastically with, with COVID moving in and taking up such a, a big spotlight, or is it still largely the same?
1: Oh, it, it it is a difference. You know, this pandemic really took a toll on our economy, you know? And the sponge doesn't stop. Like every day I'm speaking with people and I like to hear their concerns because sometimes they think they're the little guy. And I'm just like, no, like everybody's voice counts. Mm. That should be, that should be how it is. You know, you think your voice doesn't matter. I, I preach that every day. The pandemic has opened up a whole new world. We don't have the tourists to rely on to like take care of our finances, especially countywide. And that's why it's important that we focus on the budget and how we were going to support support what we have now and kind of like vet through everything. Because every time we ask for something, it'll come out of our taxpayers' pockets. And, and that's really important because a lot of people in our community simply – can't hardly afford rent. I mean, we have the programs, but the depression, the stress among a family—it it's excelling. I mean, we're going on months now yeah. on having this shutdown, and that's my focus too: is the health and welfare. You know, they they struggle every day, seeing like what can we do? Um, are we going to make rent in Hana? Three three. Um, People already got evicted, really like, oh, sorry, well, the lease was up, so they 're like, well, we chose not to rev you know there 's loopholes yeah there 's loopholes, and to like I said like it 's not really to anyone 's fault what we 're happening. People are worried that they 're not going to make their mortgages anymore. The car dealership will show up at your home in the middle of the night and take your car i mean the stress level is really high to Um, see out there and that's why I volunteer you know pretty much on a daily basis volunteering like if you need something I mean I make enough money to put gas in my car (laughs) 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 but I'm blessed you know my parents have been um so supportive they know that I'm out there I'm I'm on the road a lot but you know doing the kupuna shopping or I've had someone call with depression and you know suicide awareness that's a big one you know i just lost a friend to that matter of suicide and everybody's like what was the science i said well you know it happened it is what it is and let's support the family imagine that it's real all of this is real
2: yeah it's
1: real yeah i'm president of the hana community association and We finally got money for a playground, you know, in Hana. Nothing fancy, not like Keohulani, but it's a small town. Let's do something for the kids. I'm a grandma. (laughs) (laughs) But this pandemic, like, you know, it just set us on a whole backwards spiral. Like, we donated money to our farmers' um, union for food distribution. And I'm still crossing my fingers because I still want a playground for my community. But... It, it puts us in this whole nother scene of how we are going to move forward. You know, thinking out of the box, one one thing that someone has done is they have taken orders for their uh, banana bread. And they'll take orders, and then somebody will drive the whole load out, and people will come get it. Because our town, where it's sad. It, it's just kind of sad to see we had, we were flourishing and there was over tourism. I'm Mm. not going to, yeah, there was, it it was spiraling out of control, you know, several months ago, but this is our reset button. What are we going to do at our reset button? We got to start looking at other avenues to help our community. You know, I think the unemployment is crazy.
0: Yeah. The unemployment is, is ridiculous right now. I I think, In, in one way, this might have been, well, you know, there's, there's mostly bad things that, that came out of this, this pandemic situation. Let's just acknowledge that right up front. But right. it's human nature to try and seek some sort of silver lining. So for the sake of silver lining, when I'm trying to identify some of the good things, one of the good things that I see is that the duration of this pandemic thus far has really given people the time to process and consider that maybe the over-tourism argument was correct. You know, it's giving everybody a time to maybe compromise on some of their beliefs that they held or, or prejudices that they, that they held. You know, everybody that hated tourism is looking at, at tourism now and saying, man, it was nice when we weren't all unemployed. It was nice when we could, you know, rely on selling our fruit and banana bread and whatever else to people that are just driving through town when, when we had that extra money in our pockets. That was pretty nice. So those folks are are maybe changing some of those ideas. And then on the other hand, you have the folks in the tourism industry who I'm really hearing maybe for the first time are saying, yeah, maybe we didn't handle it the best we could have. Maybe we weren't the best stewards. Maybe there was an issue with over-tourism. Maybe people do have a point with some of the cars. Like you're hearing both sides giving in a little bit on some of these preconceived notions that they had. And that's kind of inspiring in an odd way, a sad way.
1: No, it, it is. And that's when we look at the overall picture. I mean, we got to come up with ideas to supplement you know it was but i've been in the hotel industry or hospitality industry for over 20 years
2: oh what were, what were you doing Yeah,
1: i was a restaurant manager you know i started at hotel hanamaui the original hotel hanamaui and then someone called me and said hey girl come to kapalua <laughs> <laughs> i was like kapalua <laughs> but you know I was going through a transition too with my um, my children's dad, and it was a perfect opportunity to do that clean break, um, set something new. Took the job with no car. I had a company car back then. (laughs) No cell phone. I just went home and was like, "Uh, "Mom, can I buy a car, please?" (laughs) And I'm grateful that I stepped out. I I stepped out of Hana, and the reason for that it was bringing new colors to my coloring box. Mm. I would have not learned a lot of things that I did um, staying out here. So I stayed in Lahaina for two years, and then I get homesick. So I asked my landlord, I say, hey, you got a house in I <laughs> was like, yeah. I was like, really? So I could get closer to home, took a job in, I think it was Wailea Marriott. Is mm. it still Wailea Marriott? Yeah. But I got laid off, and then I just planted a left fielder into Gammy Home Care
2: <laughs> oh. it was a
1: temporary job and I stayed there for like 11 years I really enjoyed it mom and pa you know know three steps how to make the associates like happy and if you had a problem just go to mom and dad on the upstairs and, and talked about it you know but my grandson got old enough to say hey mama we have another room for you even though I had a house <laughs> But that told me, that's actually a large reason why I moved back home. Is that they missed me as I came back to the side island. But when I moved back, I didn't tell anybody I was really home. It kind of looked like an extended vacation. Then after a couple of months, they kind of caught up. It was like, did you move? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm
0: home. Why didn't you want to tell people that you moved back?
1: Because I didn't want to take a job right away. (laughs)
0: I had saved.
1: No, I had I had saved money, so I would be okay. And same same like now, is I saved enough money to make sure that I did my transition correctly instead of sitting on thirty boxes to unpack mm. and get everything situated. I knew I would be okay. So I told them. I said, hey. If it's meant to be, and I was really grateful, imagine then, it's like, hey, do you need a job? Are you working? Like, come work for me. So I say, hey, if it's in the cards, I'll look you up about March. I think it was March or April. I said, if it was meant to be, I'll come talk. Sorry. But right now, I need to focus. We all know if we ever moved, like, there's just boxes still not packed. Oh, <laughs> not yeah. Not packed. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I think this should just go to the thrift shop right now.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. At a certain point, you got to write the date on the box when you move. And if you yes. don't open it at least a year after you move, just get rid of it. it. It's just not even worth it.
1: Yeah. I started betting through all that and just like, okay, this, this gotta go. <laughs> but I wanted that time because if you start work right away, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you never get I'll around get to it. it the, no, no. It's a crazy it's a crazy world out there. So, I got it done, and I ended up at the Hunter Edge Restaurant.
0: That's which was that's great. a pretty eclectic work background that that you have. So you've yeah. got the the experience with essentially big business in the hotel management uh, and the restaurant management, I should say, working with with them, and and then home health care. That's that is. Out of nowhere, uh, in the mom and pop businesses, so, shows yeah. you
1: can do anything.
0: You can do anything. That's that's good. To I,
1: say. I set my mind to something, and like I said, I'm still sponging. You know, there's so much we can do out there to help others. It's not focusing on the negative. Is actually, what do we learn from this experience that we're all facing together? Mm. You know, what do we learn, and how can we move forward? And I really want to do that
0: what What ideas do you like what What do you want to see happen moving forward?
1: yeah, you know truthfully, I'm just going to be upfront with that is I cannot support um, any charter that will be taken out of the taxpayers' dollars and because it's hard you know mm. those of us who are working they I'm, I'm extremely happy for them. It's not like, well, you're working and they're not. It's how much will it cost all of us? You know, thankfully, the county has three securities, which is land rural t- real property tax, uh, gas tax, and vehicle tax. But are we, ready, pre- are we ready to prepare for that increase? Because our tourists, again, like I said earlier, our tourists is not here. I'm nearly like, wait, stop. They're great ideas, but are we prepared to pay? Those of us who are working, are we prepared to pay? Generational lands, you know, land taxes is a big one for us.
2: Mm.
1: We, You know, I've testified on council, uh, and I appreciate the tier program, but there's loopholes. You know, we have uh, property in Pukalani we've had since the 70s, I think and we're not looking to sell you know it's passing it down my son lives in my grandma's house she passed away but it's not like well you want to buy it it's it it's generational for us we we tend to appreciate what we have and so our families can you know go through generations and and keep this land and house and my my house is the land it's on is from 1947. Mm. I can actually name every single plant and who planted it (laughs) in my yard, you know, but it's holding it to heart. We're we're not here as, well, I'm just speaking for a family. I'm sure many would go along with me on this is we're looking to stay. We're not saying, well, I can't afford Hawaii and we're going to go. We have the land that's forever, but we want to stay here. You know, the perfect, the perfect, Example is, um, look what happened to them. The taxes just skyrocketed. We need to come to solutions. We, we've got to figure it out not to um, punish. I, I call it punishing because it, it's extreme raises because your neighbor sell, s- mm. sold their property and it just keeps on climbing, you know? is we got to figure out these solutions where we're going to protect the people who want to live here. You know, whether you moved into Maui 20 years ago and you have your own home, it's like, why are you paying this much money for property taxes when you just wanted to build your family and, you know, enjoy Maui? My dad moved here from California when he was a teenager, you know. He's he's originally born in San Jose. Been here ever since, you know.
0: That was that was the I, um the most shocking revelation about Bob Carroll when I found out that, that he wasn't from here. You he just assumed. <laughs> <laughs> he has that deep
1: voice that, like, I got people go. I did not know you were white. <laughs> I, like, I was like, what? Okay, that's awkward. <laughs> They go, no, we listened to you I think it was a campaign season. So he was doing a radio commercial and just so happens we we went to the hospital to visit someone and whoever was there just kind of was in shock when he opened his mouth and just and they were really blunt about it, you know. It's like, oh, I really thought you were Hawaiian. I was like, well, he is at heart. He's he's very I would just like turn my dad into a Hawaiian. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it, it's funny. But he moved here with my grandma his dad died. So they actually took a ship to Hawaii
0: took a and ship. landed
1: on Maui. Yeah.
0: Man. So <laughs> I don't even know where to go. I'm, 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 <laughs> It's, it's so difficult because your dad is interesting and he is such a prominent um, piece of of Maui, like the, the Maui history, but I don't want to get sidetracked talking about your dad. Like that's, that's the only problem. I want to talk about Claire Carroll. I want to talk about why Claire Carroll is, are there any things that you and your dad don't agree on? That's a good question.
1: Oh, um, there is, but it's so minor. Like, oh, I got a good one. It's really rare though. Okay. So one day, and I'm focused on our unemployment, helping families, and I'm just like, we got to do something, got to do something. Like, I'm going to go. And he goes, you know, I'm good with the Honda Highway clothes for the next 10 years. I'm like,
2: that's not fair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you are collecting. That is so not fair, Dad. He goes, I'm just saying. I'm okay. (laughs) But... It's like minor. It's not like an issue, but mm.
2: it's
1: very, it's very rare that we. Oh, yeah. There's not too much examples. That was like, mo like couple months ago. He said that he's like, yeah, I'm good if it closes for ten years, and I'm thinking about the two hundred employees at Travassa Hana and the food trucks, and you know, he's like, no, I wish I could help you. I go, no, it's okay, Dad. You stay home, <laughs> but it's kind of very rare we'll have discussions and like i said earlier it's good to learn two sides i'm always asking him about situations when he was in council or issues and what came about it because you need to know you know like the rooster bill remember that the chicken bill
0: i don't (laughs) i don't know the chicken bill
1: oh my gosh so it's about um I believe it was chickens in the neighborhood or something, you know, like tight communities and you got the rooster next door and stuff. So people would walk up to me and it's like, yeah dad, no like chicken fight. And I was just <laughs> like no. The whole bill was about having the roosters in neighborhoods because it's such a condensed community like people were getting angry. You yeah. know, I would like, say it's not about ch- chicken fights. And believe me, two neighbors away from us, they've been raising roosters forever. So, like, for us, we don't even hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. For other people, it might be a nightmare. But that issue came from the community. He didn't wake up one day and go, like, geez, we should get roosters out of tight communities. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I like to always study his past uh, paths, uh ordinances and stuff and and always learn more like for me I think a big part of people for example sorry if somebody said what would you change and I said you know what I see there's a lot of people who fell through the system with this unemployment in our community there was a very large part my daughter is actually part of that little fall through the cracks Mm. Couldn't get unemployment. And they said, we should have some type of um, support with employers to either hire somebody or help your employees through like this pandemic. You know, there's people ready to uh, retire and they don't even have computers. They went to work every day. They did their job. They went home. And there were lost people, you know like community members going like, I don't know, I, I think I got enough money. It's, we, we need to figure out how we are gonna help in this situation, uh, better support and overall, and that's what I suggested. I said, all employers should be required to actually help their employees to get through this transition. And thank you, Lindy Coy, and big props to her. She's actually such a role model. But she got Auntie Bea from Moloka'i to actually call over to Hana to actually help a lot of employees, you know. They, they were stuck. They were lost. They didn't know what to do. Uh, I think the human resources uh, actually went on maternity. So it was a madhouse. Yeah, My son in Vegas tried to help my daughter. And then being that, everybody, there was a large amount of fraudulent claims they cut him off. So we're like scrambling again, looking how we can help her. You know, it's like, and I keep on saying "It's like, we'll get this, we'll get through this together. Not, you know, it's like, it'll be okay. We're sustainable. <laughs> we might lose everything, but we got food on the table.
0: Yeah. That's, he that's a huge, that. Yeah, I think, I think more people need to focus on that, that concept of food and, and subsistence. Um, having having lived in in areas with high poverty abroad that was the thing that i noticed got people through if you were in an area where you can have your own garden and feed your family that way and barter with your neighbors because they grow different crops and whatnot for the most part your life was not that terribly impacted by poverty. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty terribly impacted because a lot of those folks couldn't afford to send their kids to school. They, they had to work multiple jobs. Their kids had to work multiple jobs, high infant mortality rates. But if you take away those terrible things, the day-to-day life, your need of yes. food, water, and shelter is, is taken care of if, you, if, you are, if you're part of a community, if, if you're being a good neighbor to your community, and if you're growing food. So I, I definitely think more people need to focus on that. And here on Maui, that's something that, that gives me hope because we have so many people who do grow food. I mean, we even do. in pa- you know, I live in Pakakalo, and that's, you know, it's a neighborhood. It's a pretty tightly packed neighborhood. A lot of multi-generational families, a lot of just, I mean, there's lots of people and lots of chickens. My, my dog actually <laughs> has a chicken this morning. But if you walk, you know, walking my dog through my neighborhood, I notice most of my neighbors, literally a majority of my neighbors are growing some form of food, you know, whether it's papaya or bananas or lilacoy or dragon fruit, where they have, you know, vegetable gardens, they're growing stuff. And that's, that's really awesome to see. I want to see more of that. You know, I think one thing that I'll suggest to you, if you get on the council, um, push that idea of farming on people's plots, whatever size land you have and and figure out a way to to support that while also creating jobs. So get people with some experience helping people in the community to, you know, make their homes agricultural spots for them. Uh, and try and pass it on that way. That's, that's, you can keep that idea. You don't even have to give me credit if you end up implementing it. But no, that's now a I- really
1: great idea. I mean, you know, the encouragement. And if anything positive happened in this pandemic is that uh, communities started coming together. I no. I think it it kind of went into like hey let's go check on our neighbor or, you know yeah. oh I got string beans you know passing it on and I've seen that in Hana our farmers market we have more and more farmers coming out and people are now encouraged to plant something because they can bring it to the farmers market and do um you know like sell a bunch of tomatoes or something, but our farmer's market is getting bigger and bigger. We do use social distancing. (laughs)
0: Excellent.
1: That's really, thankfully, uh, we're doing the CARES Act. Did you hear about that?
0: Uh, Explain. Um,
1: Yeah. So I'm actually with Project Holmana, which was started by two two teenage girls trying to bring awareness to underage drinking and drugs and the effects of it. So since we had to kind of cut out the school program because there was no school, yeah. we they started volunteering. And we got word from administrative office that they were going to give a grant for $20,000 to the Farmers Union. And they asked us as Pro- Project Holmana to actually help with uh, the farmers market. So originally, it started with, well, we're going to have the farmer's market, and we'll drop the leftovers, and you, can dis- you guys can distribute. And I was like, oh, um, sorry to inform you that HANA residents don't do leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> so I work with Lady Perry, and we're just kind of like the parent's auntie of the program. It's for the um, Lady Perry's uh, two girls. So she comes up with this idea. She goes, listen, we should do scripts. And it'll have a dollar amount.
2: Oh. Because
1: yeah. yeah. And I think all the communities should do this with I mean, especially if we have money to spend till the end of the year. Just saying. Anyways, <laughs> we did scripts and the community could shop for foods that they wanted instead of mm-hmm. having the bag of um, vegetables and stuff. And not everybody eats everything. Yeah. So they could pick and choose what they wanted to eat. And if they found something that they've never seen before, you know, like Ono Farms has exotic fruits and stuff, they could ask the farmer. So it was an engagement from community to farmer.
0: That's cool. That
1: they, it is super cool. And, you know, OHA has stepped up and gave some monies also. But everybody looks forward to it, uh, coming to the farmer's market. And there's just more and more people in our community Coming out to get—I mean, we even have fresh fish. And Hana Farmers Market takes SNAP, so if That's, you don't have scripts. You can use your EBT
0: card. And if I'm not mistaken, don't you get like double the value with the EBT, EBT card when you go to—I mean, you might not. Yes, know this, I don't. but
1: they got it. No, I'm—I'm I'm aware of the program okay. because I'm also with the Food Coalition with Lauren lore and I work with K- Katie Fulio all, all volunteer. <laughs> I always tell people, no, for real I work, but I work for lunch.
0: <laughs> That's a great but way yeah, to do that, it.
1: Yeah. Nothing it's it's great. Um stores
0: is is something <laughs> that I maybe it exists other places, but particularly here on Maui, one of the things that I see a lot that, that gives me hope is the fact that you have a lot of folks who are either retired or unemployed and rather than sitting around, you know, watching TV, playing golf, whatever they could be doing in paradise. They spend their time on boards and commissions and, and associations just figuring out ways to improve the community. And that is huge. That, that resource that's available in, in our community is so wonderful to see. So it's it's great to see that you're you're just taking it to the next level. Because being a council member, it's practically like being a volunteer. You know, that work yeah. to pay ratio is, you know, <laughs> it's not that impressive. <laughs> you work a ton.
2: Does
0: that intimidate you?
1: Me. No. Or, you know, I always, I make a joke of it. I goes, you know, I think the other council members might not like me because I spend many hours doing volunteer work. It's like mm. what <laughs> we don't need that much. It'll you know, like pack. They are going to like you know, but it's worth it. For me the payment in my heart and what if I can touch one person's life a day and make them smile and appreciate their quality of life, this whole thing is all worth it. Every single day I tell people because you have a fantastic day. I go, yeah, I began when I opened my eyes. You know?
2: Yeah. But there is
1: no room for complaints. There's a lot of room to actually help each other. Uh, you know, bringing aloha back. I like
2: Instead that. Instead of
1: everybody being so in a box and like, well, I have this. I have f-, and I'm not saying it's not important. You know, like I have five kids and we got to do home study. That's really hard. Mm. But if you, can, if you can do one thing good for another person each day, it's really worth it or even watching the kids for an hour you know i i should think i'm kind of good not that great but it's called time management yeah even if i have 10 minutes with my grandchildren it's worth it it really made my day because a family first no matter what family first my community my community is so important to me that I'm always thinking of ideas and with other people, I can't take credit for every idea, but it's like, Ooh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go do scripts. That's a great idea. It's and not about it. who's we, we did it, but that's, we did it as a team. That's the most you know? important
0: thing. So, so a lot of people can come up with great ideas, but to actually take a great idea and implement it, that's yes. where where real um, effectiveness and leadership come into play. One of the things that I I do want to touch on, you mentioned it at the beginning, and you just said something that reminded me of it now, bringing Aloha back. Um, Yes. You mentioned at the beginning how you make a point to talk to everybody, including developers, (laughs) you know, the the dreaded developers. Uh, One of the things that I've noticed with our political discourse and really, I guess, 2016 was a huge flashpoint for that, but, but even that election in, in 2018 was really a significant moment for Maui specifically, where you almost see a partisan divide grow, where there's the, this one group that, that basically, I mean, we, we know what we're talking about, there's, there's one group yeah. that's like anti-development, anti um, anything that is not you know, just straight up, I don't know. I, I don't no, even know. I, I understand
1: I, what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got you. <laughs> and what I,
0: what I mean is there are groups or there are individuals in office who won't even meet with members of the Realtors Association face to face because they feel like that, that somehow, I don't know, defiles their beautiful reputation or that we are not important enough as, as residents of Maui to, to garner their, their attention. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is, but there are people that will simply just not meet with us to discuss anything you will meet with, with anybody. I think that's more, that's more aloha than, than anything. Like the, the, isn't, isn't the goal to come to a common understanding, to, to recognize our, our positions, even if we don't agree on positions, even if we don't come to a common agreement on things to, to understand both sides makes both sides better. It makes them stronger. Uh, yeah, I, I just I admire agrees. that about you. And, and I appreciate <laughs> that, that you are willing to talk to anybody.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier too, I said everyone is important. You might think that whether you're an association, the person who sells papayas on the side of the road, everybody has a view. And I can say that we can agree to disagree, but we can have that conversation. Yeah, I do things in life where I'm not really noticing and I could do better. Well, I tell people I'm always open to criticism because I take it as a positive. You know, what can we learn for this? Or, you know, we got to vet through what would be best or, you know, what's the pros and cons. We can come to, you know, solutions together. And if I disagree, it doesn't mean like I'm not your friend. <laughs> you know, but we had that conversation. You can't say it's bad if you've never spoken about it. mm. You know, is you, you cannot criticize something that you have no. You have a perception. If they didn't want to meet with Ram, or they didn't want to meet with our officers, which I'm always meeting with them. <laughs> but you know, you got to have a conversation because yeah. there's two sides of the stories. Mine's yours. The truth, you know. And what can? How can we work together? You know, maybe I might not be too keen of one idea, but hey, you know, we have a secondary idea. Why don't we like discuss it and see what you think? And, you know, have that discussion. It is about bringing aloha back and uh, having people interact. Imagine the kids growing up right now. They're on computers and phones. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning to transition into this life. But I think I wrote to you folks and said, I would be very happy to be in person because <laughs> I this like the engagement you know maybe I grew up with no TV so I'm just like well yeah oh you were lucky laptop <laughs> I my uh Bob didn't even buy a, a TV till I think I was in my 30s but of course I moved out when I was 17 because I was Miss Independent I don't feed my parents I got a job <laughs> So it seems to have worked you. out
0: for you. I, I think I think it's so important to um to have that experience of of leaving the nest and doing something outside of your comfort zone. Now you a, a couple of your positions that I I really like. You want to cut unnecessary spending from the budget. Yes, that's that's yes. good. You know, um, you want to protect our residents from from the way that you put it, essentially being penalized for for staying in their homes. Um, exactly. I want to know where you see the windows of, of economic opportunity now. Um, What, what industries, do you think Maui needs to come to a reckoning that maybe we do need to revitalize the visitor industry with tweaks or that we need to pursue other avenues of, of economic prosperity? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's actually both. You know, I've made friends across the world from just being in a hospitality business. And Mm. I, I miss everyone. I, but we got to do it with caution. Uh, it would be great if we have something implemented. Uh, of course, everything changes day to day. You know, it can't be quoted on it. But if we can find a safe way, that's great. But during this time, this is more so to, to do the plan together. Like, what are we our plans when the industry slowly? I cannot foresee just the floodgate gates opening, to be honest with you because the yeah. only travelers you're going to have is the ones like, well, I don't care.
2: Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> this is a hoax. <laughs> yeah. But are <laughs> you
1: ready to for that 14-day quarantine? You know, as a visitor. It's like, gosh, I always wanted to see Hawaii. So I'm going to fly to Oahu. I'm going to have a quarantine. Oh, we want to visit Maui. We heard Maui no kooi. Are we ready for a 14? You know how much money that is? <laughs> like you're going to have the 14-day quarantine. So we need to, I've always been more for education, more than the management side.
2: Mm. Like,
1: get this out as soon as we can. Start doing the videos. What is respectful to Hawaii? What is our culture? You know, being raised in Hana, culture was a big one for me, but nowhere near uh, these days. But culture, you know, my grandmother took care of a lot of people, my Hawaiian grandmother, and I was always the tag along. So, my verbal history was passed down from those who were her age you know most of my friends are either buried or <laughs> they're, they're they're like up in age but it's to take that knowledge and implement what they're teaching you and that was to always aloha you know we say that to our children is like hey go aloha uncle you know what's the matter with you I mean, you don't let somebody walk in the room or the home or get food ready you know, it, it's kind of missing. And now we can't even go to people's homes. <laughs> so we're like, just stop. But get get, get plans already implemented. Yeah. You know, working together, talking to REM or the airlines, the rental. We, I'm just going to say we do have, I didn't have no clue how much rental cars are on this island. But we got to do something, you know. And it's really sad that, yes, people did lose their jobs. Placements, you know. Infrastructure, that's another good one. Coming from the hospitality business, we have like the engineering department. They went to school, you know. They've done many jobs in the resorts, um, in-hospitality. But why not train them into jobs that we need to address now, you know. When it comes to infrastructure, we did the the jobs on Hana Highway that would have took years to do. Well, the road was shut down. Yeah. Big plus. You know, there's pros and cons of what's happening today. And we can just circle back into the employment. But what can we do to fix our island today, tomorrow, next week? Address these issues now. We don't have nearly as much people on this island as we did. But address, like Kaluwe, the sewer systems. You know, they're largely outdated.
2: Yeah. Address those kinds true. of
1: exactly you know uh we we gotta work together and it's not about like well i went to see so-and-so and and -and so-and-so it's about you know what that's why open door policies are really important Mm. you know and we do need to like trim a budget and see what we can do with monies we have because it can't it's not coming out of tourists yeah. You know, they raise the car tax, the hotel tax and everything else, but there's nobody in, you know, I put a what's, post and I say, it's like crazy.
0: With, with the, the car tax. Yeah. That's, you know, the TAT, we're not getting that share with the car tax. Nope. Nobody's yes. renting cars. Um, yes. it, what's, what's really a rough one is a huge chunk of our budget is paid for by the hotels, the the short-term rental homes and the B and B's and they are still on the hook for for that money, yes. and that's yes. you know it's it's cost of doing business. I I understand that it's hard to feel sympathetic for them because it is a very lucrative business. They knew the risks when they got into it, um, but boy oh boy, that's it's large sums of money. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars in some instances here of of property tax revenue that these people are paying with zero income coming exactly. to them during this pandemic period. So. The problem that causes it, it's this residual effect. If they can't pay their property taxes, the county suffers and all the services that the county provides will, will be diminished. Um, they can't pay their utilities, perhaps The utilities, you know, suffer. Yeah, uh, they, they're not paying the cleaners. They're not paying anybody else that's helping. These things have a ripple effect. And then we've got the long-term rental market where you got people unemployed. Well, the unemployment is pretty good and it's been helpful in, in getting most people to, to be able to pay their rent. And we have rental assistance programs, but a lot of folks don't know how to even fill out the paperwork to to take advantage of these programs. So you're absolutely right that that these safety nets need to be there and we need to be realistic with with our budget. When we were prospering off of that golden goose, it was okay for us to to provide um, the the magnitude of services that that Maui County provides, the small county for for all these people. Now it seems less, uh, reasonable, um, or, or maybe less feasible is, is the real issue. I just wish that we could have other forms of income, but one of the things he said was that we have to work together, but not just that. I, I wish people would just listen to each other even before you work with somebody, yes. <laughs> just be willing to listen to somebody.
2: Exactly.
0: I, I think I rant about this almost on a daily basis now, but like that temptation Island plan, um. Well thought out plan, and rather than than listening to the plan, a lot of people just decided, "I hate this. I, I hate anything that that doesn't benefit, you know, the people exactly. directly." Yeah. Uh, with you know, I have a feeling what we're going to see. I've I've heard preliminary plans from hotel and lodging as to how they would handle, you know, guests coming, and it sounds incredible. Like like the levels of of testing and security for trying to ensure the safety of the general public is really impressive that, that these, these big you know, heartless industries are actually taking very, very responsible steps. And before even being told to do something, uh, they're investing large sums of money in in changing yes. their business models. I mean it, it really is essentially changing your business model if 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 it's a hotel changing to accommodate people during the time of COVID with the restrictions that we have. And I'm not saying that just because they're doing that that it's it's perfect or that their plans can't be improved not. upon yeah. or that they shouldn't they shouldn't be scrutinized and criticized. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is if you have an industry or a business that is is working towards something that's going to be beneficial for everybody, economic opportunity at a time when we have absurd levels of unemployment, we should really be trying to work with those businesses to help them accomplish that goal in the best, most responsible fashion as a community. And I'm not just saying the government should work with those businesses. I'm saying like people need to, to at least be willing to not hate something before they hear what it is. And I don't know if we're getting there. I don't know if we're getting there, Claire. You know,
1: every day I thrive to like, just kind of brainstorm. I mean, my life on the road is, that's why I love the Hana Highway. It's my thinking cap of a beautiful view. And, mm. you know, uh, I think a lot on the road. Like, what if we did this? I mean, sometimes people just think I'm crazy on my ideas. But I was like, why don't we? You know, somebody had an idea that this small town just collapsed on the economy and they brought in a quilting mechanism and they started taking orders to be shipped in and they would do quilts and it actually flourished the whole town and I watched the videos and I was like what well, is this kind of cool but I don't know I'll, I'll try to I've been planting little seeds like hey what would you think if we kind of took up this type of stuff just to get started you know what do you think? Maybe we'll apply for a grant. You know, there was just so far some people was like, yeah, and then some people was like, I don't know. I'm a server. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I did go to my former employees a couple, several months ago, maybe one or one or two months into this pandemic and shutdown. I said, listen, you guys know I'm always checking on you, but Lord forbid that they should come that our hotel, which was um, built in 1946, something happened. Like, what would be your idea and to help be reliant and sustainable and be able to live in Hana? Because we've lost thousands of people in the past. Plantations closed down. We had a sugar cane field that closed down. Many people moved out. And I cannot see that We're going to have more residents moving to the other side of the island due to jobs, you know.
2: Mm. I said,
1: we got to seriously think about this. You know, the ranch has a lot of land. I didn't pitch this yet, but kind of would be cool if we did a larger community farm and, you know, like a work trade program and get food out to the rest of the island. Like where you live, Papacalo. At least they have, you know, little gardens and they're getting started and that's an awesome thing.
2: Yeah, but what I've, I've can been, we uh, do, and
1: do for for people to stay stay in our our town? You know,
2: they're generational.
1: A, They've a they never been issue. out of like move move over here for housing prices. That's a whole another issue. You know, like can they even afford? Or they're just going to have to commute? They'll live at home and commute to the other side for a job.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it's hard. You know. You leave your family, or if you're a young mom, or you know, yeah. How many hours will you be away from your family just to come home and sleep five hours and do the same thing over again? Oh, I think I'm talking about my dad again. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding.
0: Just commuting every day,
1: but he's not the only one who 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 commutes. There are um, a handful of people who actually commute out to Kahului area every day for work. You know, Kani residents. They commute to get out. Mm. for work. Imagine K&I, Hana thinks they're in a position. K&I, you have your call farmers, but not everybody is a farmer. And they're driving out here every day, working their eight-hour shifts. You got the road time, but the time you get home to your family, you know, it's late. But we do what we got to do to support a family.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully hopefully that's one of the other benefits of, of telecommuting uh, and, and the fact that we were all forced to accept that you can work from home and that you can still get jobs done. Uh, but
1: I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, this told, is so much
0: I told, more efficient.
1: I told, I told someone, I goes, you know what, when I get county uh, elected on county council, I drive in out here. And he goes, why? I said, the resources. I said, you know, it's a perfect time. My kids are... My kids have their own families that's why i ran for county council also i'm not binded by oh gotta go to a baseball game <laughs> parent conference you know and that's somewhat why it was a perfect time for me to step up and serve my community on a, a another level than what i have been doing all these years i said i would rather have the resources around me and oh can you fax that over <laughs> Can you email me with the five hundred emails? I was like, "Hey, nobody's going in, so must be good." (laughs) But I like to be with resources, you know.
0: That makes sense. Excuse me. Yeah is is there a website that you have where people can uh, learn more about you, donate to your campaign, anything like that?
1: Yes. So it's Claire for Maui, and it's F O R. So spell it out: c l a i r e f o r m a u i dot com.
0: Excellent. I'll uh, I'll link to that in our our website. But I always oh you should.
1: I'm kind manage. of proud of it. Yeah, it's my first website like ever.
0: Well, I'll have and to I'm check. Married- I, I got to confess, I didn't go to your campaign website yet. I, I, you know what? I might have towards the beginning of the campaign season, but I haven't. Been no, recently.
1: I don't think you did because I just launched it. Okay. Like, so I haven't been there we yet. We been on two weeks. You have it. And I'm going to set up a program for donations or you can mail it to good old fashioned Hana Maui P.O. Box 164-HANA-96713.
2: Uh,
0: these but are mostly so, pictures. You know. Yeah, you everybody should check out this website, ClaireforMaui dot um, Is that a family photo that we got right there? The yeah, office? that's my
1: that's my kids and my grandchildren.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. this is a great website. The, I like it.
1: Check check out the menu bars because I think I kind of covered a lot: water infrastructure, housing. Yeah. Endorsements. And I'm going to give a shout out to the Parsons because they live in Hana. And I'm so grateful that they know I'm on the road and we randomly stop and like sit down, do pictures. And I've kind of actually, I call myself the paparazzi unofficially (laughs) because I'm just like always taking pictures. You check out invasive species.
0: You got some great endorsements. I even see Bob Carroll was kind enough to endorse you. That's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. He's like, now, "Hey, Daddy." Nah.
0: <laughs> now, when uh, we've been talking for a while, so I figure now is yeah. a good time where we might might wrap it up, but I like to end all of my interviews with a set of five questions. So um, let me let me ask you these five questions. And Ready? What book would you recommend? Now, this doesn't have to be your favorite book, just a book that you would recommend.
1: Oh, I get one good book, and it's called Who Moved My Cheese? (laughs) Have you ever read it?
0: No.
2: no, You didn't.
1: You got to read it.
2: Who Moved My Cheese? At one point,
1: we we had, yes, look it up after it comes in different languages, but it talks about change. Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah.
0: So it talks about change. Okay.
1: Yes. You know, like how they go through the maze, little mice go through the maze and they're all trained to like always get that cheese. But what happens when you move it?
0: Oh, see, I was expecting a children's book based on that title, but no, this is a good description. Who Moved My Cheese? An Amazing Way to Deal with Change in Your Work and Your Life, published in September 1998, is a motivational business fable. Yeah. The text describes changes in one's work and life. Very cool. That, that's a, a fun <laughs> recommendation. I, I I like self-help books. I um, they, There's a special place in my heart for self-help literature. So this is, this is one of those ones that I will actually check out.
1: Um, it's really great for companies, um, you know, years of service. I, I mean, I faced that throughout the years. It's like, I've been here 35 years. We doing it like how we doing it. We're not open for change. <laughs> But no, and, again, and that the, seems the discussion like, happens.
0: You know? Yeah. And it, it seems you, like a point. You poignant learn the process.
1: Book. Yeah.
0: We keep on you talking enjoy over.
1: it if you ever get some
0: chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the problem with these Zoom calls. I'm sorry for anybody listening that I keep on talking over Claire. It, when you're in a room with somebody, you, there's these physical cues that let you know when somebody's about to talk. And when you're on Zoom, it just doesn't translate the same way. So I apologize, Claire. I keep on talking over you.
1: It's okay. No, I'm probably talking over you. (laughs) Uh,
0: Now, my second question: who do you admire and why?
1: Oh, that was actually, I've been thinking about that for the last three days. (laughs) At first, I was like, it's my community, you know, my community, but it would have to be my father. He's such a humble person, like, he balanced all of us out. I you know, he's he's a very good example for his humbleness, his open mind, and you know, I am like a half half. So I got the little spunk in me and he just kinda nods and talks about it like in a very calm voice when I'm just like wah so it did it was I would have to say it's my father. He's taught me a lot, especially listening and always helping people. You know it began in a home.
0: Those are outstanding reasons to admire somebody and he's he's certainly worthy of admiration. All right, third question: When have you failed, and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh, I can't even count how much times I failed, but I'm really happy because. We come up with ideas, and not everything is bound to be a success, but you always take what it was and see how you can always better yourself and make either the project success or move on to the next. I don't like to hammer myself on things I have failed at and what was, like my playground. i really i really want the playground i'm kind of stuck on that to be honest with you but it's it is what it is you know a pandemic we we have to reassess so how are we going to benefit something that was for the community and other things we can do for the community it's collaborating with the board and it's like okay well this is a little on hold maybe for another year but how can we always help our community And I take all projects that way. It's only the only thing I promise anybody is I'll always try to do my best. I've not promised to pave a highway. I've not promised to, you know, like do outrageous things, but I always can guarantee everyone that I've always gave my best to anyone I've ever helped or reached out
0: to. How much do you need for the playground?
1: Well, um, we raised twenty-eight thousand, so we're not talking, um, you know, major, but something with a couple of swings, a sliding board, uh, I don't know, teeter-totter, but something like that. I kind of priced it out, and right now we're at, we can get one for like fifteen thousand. See, I did my research on it.
0: Oh, so you've you've got the twenty-eight thousand though? So you yeah, no, I'm just waiting. Okay. So you're just, okay. It's not a matter of the money. I just wanted to make sure. Cause I was going to say, maybe we can yeah. write a, grant, uh, a placemaking yeah. grant, an NAR, National Association of Realtors oh. placemaking grant for you. If you, if you end up needing um, any extra money for, for a sign or something like that, you just let me know. I'll, I'll see. I'll try and write a oh, grant. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But we, we,
1: you know, I was really looking forward to that. And I'm not giving up. It's not over yet. I've been like, I want a playground. <laughs>
0: good don't but give up
1: just just to let you know when I did the research because people were like it's going to cost you millions I was like no it's not it's not going to cost millions no. so I went to engineering I went to highways I went to the planning and said hey I got to pull a permit this is what I want to do I drew out my little uh, <clears throat> stick figure of a playground the county owns it and we're not here to ask the county for anything except this letter saying go for it <laughs> Yeah, because a playground exists. But we have a swing with only, we have a swing set. Well, sort of. Only two swings work, sometimes three, then back to two. (laughs) Mm. But something for our kids, you know? Like, we're a family town. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not giving up on that.
0: Yeah. Whatever whatever I can do to help you in this playground endeavor. Anything to get kids out of their house and off their phones, (laughs) I am a huge proponent of. oh
1: raise the roof i'm with you
0: (laughs) have you seen that um there's a documentary on netflix right now called like the social dilemma i think it's called and and it's all about how social media is just terrible for humanity so i highly recommend looking that. Oh, thank you um now on a happier note um question number four where is your happy place
1: my family my happy place is at home you know, I, I'm really grateful. My kids are not into the social um, devices or media or anything else. So they're really outdoorsy. I shouldn't say home, as long as I'm with my family.
2: Mm.
1: They're very active. They fish and, you know, do all sorts of things. And we have we're grateful to have a big yard. My dad lives behind me and my house is in front. So there's a lot of space for the kids to have activities, you know. And that's my happy place. That, that's, that really is just to see the joy or at least I'm a, a mama that is able to like run around and go up to the mountains, kind of getting out of shape, but
2: Aren't I will see my
1: family. <laughs> I'm working on it. I went with the Maiconio crew. I was like, well, not too bad. Some of y'all were just like, whoa. <laughs> Man,
0: that, that I'll first, just sit
1: here. I'm going to do first, a video.
0: that first month of the pandemic i think a lot of people got in like decent shape it was like all right well if i'm gonna be at home and i can only go out to exercise then i'm just gonna run every day and go for long walks and lift weights and then oh man four months in i'm like 15 pounds overweight It's it's just terrible
1: See on a brighter note, I gotta t- I gotta thank the pandemic in this election year that it, there is no fundraisers.
2: Because
1: mm. <laughs> I think I ate myself all the way through to two thousand and eighteen. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what happened? I was like, this time around, pandemic or not, I'm gonna actually do better choices. <laughs> I'm not gonna order three eggs with corned beef fashion a side of toast. <laughs>
0: Fundraiser season. It's hard, hard on the waistline. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My final question. What one piece of advice would you give to anyone listening?
1: Yes. My advice is we're going to get back to Aloha. When we, when people came to Hawaii, we surely embrace them and we should always embrace and support others. Whether the, it's good or bad listen to people, but be always the better person in your community. And we can do this together.
0: It's good advice. It's very good advice. Claire Carroll, thank you so much. Claire is the candidate for the East Maui, Maui County Council seat. Uh, you can go to, what is it? claire Is that right? Yes. Yes, yes. Claire4Maui.com. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Claire, thank you so much once again. Best of luck. Uh, It's great talking to you.
1: Same here. Have a beautiful day. Fabulous day. Aloha.
0: Aloha.